The advice and opinions expressed by the host of Autism Live and her guests are meant solely as suggestion and should not be in any way construed as child-specific advice. The Center for Autism and Related Disorders advises working with a board-certified behavior analyst who has experience with autism before starting any intensive behavioral intervention. Any choices you make in determining your child's treatment are completely at your own discretion. and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod and we are coming to you live from a place in my house and that's pretty much where we're going to be pretty much all hour. But I I just want to tell you I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. Having an opportunity to talk with you and to hear your comments always lifts me up. This show is meant to be interactive. That's when it's I think it's at its best and we really want this hour to be interactive today and I'm going to talk about why in just a second. But First, let's talk about how you can interact with us. If you're watching us live right now, you're probably watching us on YouTube, on Periscope, on Twitter, or on Facebook Live, or you could be watching us on our newly restored and fixed website, autism-live.com. And uh, I've been telling people, we'll go to www.autism-live.com. And you can again now, but before you could only go to autism-live.com. And I'm too old to understand the difference between the two, but it's all working now. So that's all good. But those are the places that we are currently live. I will tell you that the best interaction live in the current format that we are in is on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Periscope. We have it almost down to simultaneous. If you guys write things in, I can see them on my screen fairly quickly, which is really great because we like that real time uh, interaction. Now, if you want to watch us recorded, if you're if you just found us and you're like, I've never seen this before, I want to let you know that we've been here for nine years. I know it's like, stop, shut up. You can't have been here for nine years. Um, But in some format, we have been on the air here for nine years. So good morning, Amanda. Uh, I love your blue hearts all the time. So um, we have a library of videos. And what's super fun about that is that you can search a whole bunch of topics. We're, um, We're available, the library is available in its best form on our own homepage, autism-live.com or on YouTube. That's the best place to sort of search topics and the search engines are a little bit different on each. So pick the one you like. Um, But we also podcast and I, I know a lot, a growing population of people are listening to podcasts in this uh, great isolation, as they're calling it. And, you know, you need something for when you're walking. We don't need things in the car as much as some of us used to, right? But you're going on a hike, whatever, or you want something to listen to while you're doing the dishes or the never-ending laundry um, of our lives. Uh, (laughs) There must be a song about that, right? But we, we do podcasts. We have always podcast to iTunes, but we also now podcast to Apple Podcasts, to Spotify, iHeartRadio, Ghana, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Deezer. We are on more than those sites, uh, but we just ran out of places to squeeze it onto that page. But if you find that we are not in the place where you listen to podcasts, will you do us a favor and please alert us? We don't spend money on advertising and we don't ask you to subscribe and pay to subscribe. That's something that we have fought very hard to be able to stay free to our viewers. If you would like to support us in that, please share us with people in in your uh, tribe, whatever your tribe happens, whatever flavor your tribe happens to be. If you know people that could benefit from being here with us and that we could benefit from them being here and contributing, please let everybody know, right? You can like us, you can subscribe to us again, free subscribe. You can um, join our newsletter, although we're horribly behind on updating our newsletter list. I apologize for that. We're running skeleton crew during COVID. 
but we also love reviews on iTunes. Honestly, even if you've got uh, something that you want to say in the review about you wish we would do something better, we take that to heart. Hi, Parker. I didn't get to say hi to you yesterday. Thrilled that you're here. So please share us. That is how we count on having other people find us is through you. You are our grassroots network and we're, we're thrilled to have you with us on this team. Now, I, I do want to take just a second to say that here on Autism Live, we, in general, we are talking to the really large autism community, which starts with people who are on the autism spectrum, of course. They are the beating heart of our community. They're, they're, our, they're everything. They're our why, and, and they are the central to everything that we do. But we also include everyone who loves them in our community. So together as a that greater autism community, and by greater, I mean larger, not better, um, but that larger autism community, we work together to find resources and support for the dignity and the life of individuals who are on the autism spectrum so that they, we know that they have the right to jobs and relationships and to love who they love and to wear the clothes that they want to wear and to be able to do the things that they feel passionately about, right? Unfortunately, the rest of the world doesn't always tune into that, um, but we together as that autism community can help to affect change. And I've seen that happen. That's what we're here about here on Autism Live. That's who we're speaking to. We welcome everyone who is either on the spectrum or loves someone on the spectrum here. Let your voice be heard right into us. Let us know what kind of programming you would like. We do listen. We take note and we listen and we try really hard to bring you what you ask for. I always say, um, I'm my, my part of the community here. I'm not an autism expert, not at all. I am the mom of an amazing individual who was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half and who is brilliant and funny and wonderful. And I wouldn't change a hair on him. And, um, but I live to support him and his dreams to be able to do what he wants to do and to have the right to do it without anybody standing in his way. So um, that's my thing that I'm here. I'm also a former teacher, so I have a particular love for all things educational and good education, right? And, and I am also a huge fan of good quality ABA, and I am a huge naysayer to bad schlocky ABA that doesn't take into consideration the individual. So let's put all that out there, right? But I'm not an autism expert. I've been hosting shows about autism now for, I guess it's 13 years now. So I've interviewed a lot of experts. I have an opinion. It, I, I call it an informed opinion. Hey, May, so thrilled that you're here. Uh, but please don't mistake me for an expert. And usually we pack the show with experts. Today I have expert advice, but I don't have any experts for you. It's gonna be you and I and all of us in this community um, and I'm a little relieved today. I love having the experts here, but I know a lot of times we don't get to all the comments and questions that you guys write in. And I'm hoping that we can get to as many of them today. But I'll tell you that a little bit later on, we're talking about a specific topic today, unless you guys, <laughs> somebody said, and we love your opinion. Well, not always, right? Because you can't love it always. That's okay. We encourage everyone to have their own opinion here. Um, you know, it's okay to bring your dissenting opinion here. This is a safe forum. We don't all have to agree. This is not a one-size-fits-all community, right? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a woman of a certain size, and I hate clothes that say one-size-fits-all. I'll tell you what else I hate is the ones that say one-size-fits-most. That really cheeses me off, right? And I feel like a lot of the world, once I became a parent of an individual on the spectrum, I felt like a lot of the world was saying, well, one-size-fits-most, so you know, you'll just have to make do. I don't subscribe to that. I just don't. Uh, and that's my opinion, which some people don't like. But, you know, we all have to live with disappointment, right? So anyway, and I would keep a sense of humor about it. I never mind if you disagree with me. Feel free um, to shout it out and say, Shannon, I think differently than you and it's okay with me, right? In fact, I kind of enjoy that. 
Uh, all right, so uh, we've got a topic coming up later on, but before we get too far, why don't we get started with the jargon of the day? It's one of my favorite things on Thursday. This is when we take on one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey, nani nani are those experts talking about? Why should I bother to learn this term? What does this have to do with me? And really the bottom line is, is this going to save me time and money? And that's my litmus test. If it's going to save you five minutes and $5, I want to share it with you, right? And I don't want to overwhelm you with it. So first we give you the actual definition and then we give you a working definition. And my neighbor is not my friend right now. They have forgotten what time it is and they have decided to make their dogs bark and run their leaf blower. So please let me know if it gets obnoxious. And I will, you know, do that thing where I yell out the window. <laughs> it, it'll be good programming. Uh, in any case, take a look at what today's jargon term is. Oh, it's a goodie because it's one that hurts our heads sometimes. And I think it's one that you really don't hear uh, unless you are deep in the autism community. Okay. So it is intraverbal. Hmm. And, uh, oh, I love May says, I always go to your videos when I have a term in school. I don't understand. LOL. Love it. Uh, and, and Parker says, I don't mind that. I love dogs more than people. I know I tend to run that way too, but when they're barking in the middle of the show, hi Jamila, uh, <laughs> when they're barking in the middle of the show and running a leaf blower, it's all good. Right. Okay. So, uh, as I said, today's term is intraverbal. Let's take a look at what our actual definition is so we can make fun of it. And then we will move on to a working definition, which hopefully won't confuse you, but start you on the path to the beginning of understanding this, right? Intraverbal, an elementary verbal operant, nice, right? Involving a response that is evoked by a verbal discriminative stimulus that does not have point-to-point -point correspondence with that verbal stimulus. Ladies and gentlemen, it's a winner. It's useless. The only place that that definition has any place is maybe in an advanced psychology class where they've already gone through the other jargon terms. I love it when the first part of it says it's an elementary verbal operant. I don't know about you, but it makes me just want to put my head down on the desk and cry because I, you know, I, I'm how many years into this and I'm, I, I know what the verbal operants are, but I don't know why they're called verbal operants. I know why they're called verbal, but I don't really get the whole operant thing. Operant sounds like somebody who works for the FBI. And to say that they're elementary, it's almost like you're calling me stupid. It's like, well, this isn't one of the more advanced ones. <laughs> Shannon, this is one that you should already know. It's an elementary verbal operant. Well, thank you for clearing that up. Now I can go back to reading my magazine and figuring out how to solve the world's problems, right? So, and then great, it's evoked by a verbal discriminative stimulus. Woo, thank you. Thank you, because that cleared it up for me uh, that does not have point-to-point -point correspondence with that verbal stimulus. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think it's my most favorite useless uh, definition in the world. Don't you just want to like, like take it, condense it and drop kick it across the room and go, what an epic waste of my time. Let's swipe that out of the way. Let's just move it on down and let's go to a working definition. An interverbal is something somebody says in response to the language of another person. And this is a terrible working definition, which means I probably wrote it. Uh, and it says conversational language, but I will tell you, this is what all of you write in and say to me, how come my child, no, they can say words and they know labels, but we're not getting to conversation. What's up with that? Why can't my child answer a question that I ask? And it's all, well, it's not all, but it's largely in the interverbals. What you're asking for is for them to do interverbals. And it might help if you go back to your speech and language pathologist or your teacher or your ABA team and, and use that word and say, are we working on interverbals? How are we working on them? How are we working on generalizing them? That's what we really and truly want to know. Um, okay. Uh, we're hoping that the, the leaf blowing won't last long. You don't know my neighbor. Uh, it's, it's a really bad thing. Uh, okay. So, um, but please, you guys, um, if 
you are, if it's bothering you, let me know and I will stop everything and ask my neighbor to stop. This is 2020 and this is what we're talking about. Fall of 2020, how do we cope? And sometimes it's a neighbor with a leaf blower. Uh, but if it's stopping you from being able to listen, write it in the chat and I will, you'll get to see me deal with it um, and it'll be so very much fun. Uh, okay, so um, interverbals, it's what we're all hoping for. So when we start out, and the verbal operants are the different things along the way, that they're the building blocks that help us get to language, right? And you need different building blocks at different times trying to get to the point where you are at conversation, right? So building block, we start with being able to match things, and then we try to echo so if I say apple, that the other person says apple, right? And then we try to label things so that I can point to it and I can say, what is it? And that is the receptive that, um, that you're able to hear what is it, but you're able to expressive say it's an apple. Um, before that, I say touch the apple and we're just doing receptive because you hear apple and you touch the apple, right? And you need to be able to do both. It has to be able to go both ways. So when, when we start, a lot of times you'll see people hold up a flashcard and say, what is it? And the child says, you know, it's a car. Great. But if we don't get to the point where, um, Usually before we get there, we have to say, touch the car that, and in order to get to the point where we say, what is it? It's a car, right? Usually, not always. Some kids, it comes um, different. But then we want to teach tacting, which is labeling it for the point of conversation. We did tact the other day. But eventually, we want to get to the interverbal. And the interverbal, I won't show you a picture of a car. I won't say a car, but I'll say, what, um, how should we get to the grocery store? And I don't say, should I don't give you multiple choice. I don't say, should we take a bus? Should we walk or should we take the car? I'm just giving you a question. And this is where that point to point cor correspondence, there's no point to point correspondence. So I haven't set a car. I don't point to a car. I don't show you a car. I don't hold up a picture or a text that says car. I just say, how should we get to the store today? And you have to sort through the files in your head and go, you know, what modes of transportation do we have at our disposal and pop up the answer and have it come, you know, whatever way you express, whether it's sign or verbal, right? Um, that's, I forgive me, I just said verbal. What I meant to say was vocal because verbal behavior is anything that communicates, right? Vocal behavior is speech. So it could be speech that I say a car or I could point to a car or I could sign for a car any of those would count as verbal behavior and an interverbal. I asked you a question. I didn't give you the answer in any way, shape, or form. And you had to go through your files to pull up the answer. That's an interverbal. And until we can do an interverbal, we're not really going to hold decent conversations. We see a lot of times that um, our kiddos will just label, 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 label. And then if we don't get to interverbals, um, sometimes they will just monologue, 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 where they talk to themselves, but we don't get that volley back and forth. But that's what the interverbal does. And we can teach this. We absolutely can. If a child is, um, see now that the noise stopped, now I'm thrown off. <laughs> but if a child is labeling, if they have the ability to label, we can get to the interverbals. It just takes a very specific teaching method and it takes lots of prompting and tons of opportunity, you guys. This isn't something that comes in one day, one week, one month, even one year. So when I'm talking about intensive ABA, this is why. And, you know, Dr. Grampiche was doing a speech not that long ago and she was talking to parents and she was saying the kinds of things that she always says and that we always say here about early intervention and about intensive. And at one point, somebody asked a really important question. They said, um, well, why haven't we gotten to this lesson with my kiddo? And she said, how many hours a week are you doing? And she said, well, we've been doing 15 hours a week. And Dr. Grampiche said, I want you to understand that in 15 hours, I can teach this. In 25 hours, I can teach this. In 30 hours, I can teach this. And in 40 hours, I can teach everything. 
And it was the first, and I saw all the parents just sort of get it in that. They were like, oh, is that why you keep pushing intensity? Because it literally, if you think about, um, you know, right now my son is taking, we, we bit the bullet and we had Jake from Zeus Fitness who we had on a couple of weeks ago. He's doing private one-on-one -on -one sessions with my son. And that's for 45 minutes a week. And he gives them things to work on um, during the rest of the week, which, you know, that's great. And my son is working on them and we're seeing a difference. We're absolutely seeing a difference, but I have a friend who paid for two times a week and guess how much progress they're seeing four times what we're seeing four times, not two times because it's cumulative. Right. And by next week, it'll be probably six times because the more opportunity that you have to do something, you get better at it. And then you come to the next section or session, and you're starting in a different place than where you started before, right? It's like compound interest. Language and teaching intraverbals takes a lot of hours for our kiddos, and it's a different amount per kiddo. There's not like a one size fits all, but it takes a lot of hours, a lot of hours. So intraverbals, it's the thing that a lot of you have been asking for. Ask the people in on your team you know, are we ready to work on intraverbals? How are you working on intraverbals? How are you getting there? Uh, and it's a lot of little steps. You can't just jump to intraverbals. If you have nothing to say, and if you don't already know the labels, you're not going to jump to intraverbals. There is a whole category in skills that's just general knowledge. And until kids have that general knowledge, sometimes they don't have a, an answer for what you're asking. Oh, I love this. Somebody says, the more balls you shoot, the more baskets you're going to make. It's true. It's true. Um, so opportunity, 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 and making it fresh and exciting and rewarding for them to do it. But you can get to the introverbals. You really, really can. I, I, was, I started to say, I always tell the story about my mom came to visit and I had told her she couldn't come for a while when we were starting ABA because my mom you know, she was like me, really opinionated, and um, and I was her kid, so you know. <laughs> and, and I told her I don't have I don't have the bandwidth for it, mom. And when she did come, I said I need uh, one of two things. There's only two things I can handle right now, and that's support or silence. If you don't agree what we're doing, I need you to you know zip the pie hole because I don't have the bandwidth to deal with your doubts while I'm trying to figure out what we're doing. And I've done a lot of research. And I know we're doing the right thing, but I don't have the bandwidth to deal with your feelings about it. So support or silence. Woo, that didn't go over well. But in the end, best thing I ever could have said to my mother. And I encourage you to lightly tread there, but say it to the people that you love and want to continue having relationships with. Um, but my mom came to visit and we had the baby monitor set up in the, because, you know, we were in such a teeny tiny condo that we gave the entire living room, dining room area over to therapy. And my mom and I went and sat in the bedroom with the baby monitor. And my mother constantly was reading and knitting at the same time, but she's watching the monitor, reading and knitting and watching in the monitor. And the first day she looked at ABA, she was like, oh, honey, this is so stupid. Uh, what on earth? You know? And I said, no, 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 just watch. And I knew where she was coming from because the first day that I saw them and, you know, somebody, I always say, somebody asked my son, they, they put a car on the table and they said, touch car in this very touch car kind of way. And I was like, oh, help us. We are, <laughs> we're never going to get to college with touch car. Are you kidding me? Um, but I, so I knew where my mother was coming from. It looks redonkulous, right? Not so redonkulous, smart. And uh, so my mother was watching and that whole week they were working on things, getting to the intraverbals with my son. So where they had taught him what a car was, he knew what that label was. The next step was that they taught him categories and features. So what category is a car in? Well, it's a vehicle. And what else is a vehicle? You know, that uh, a bus is a vehicle and a bicycle is a vehicle. Well, what are the features on a bicycle? What are the features on a car? And this was exacting sort of stuff. And it was painstaking, something I would never have had the patience to do myself. But the card therapist sat there and did it with him over and over and over again. And then they worked on other categories, right? He had learned uh, a bird, right? But then he learned, well, a bird is an animal. 
right? And that there are different kinds of birds too. And what are the different features of birds and what are the different features of animals? So that by the end of the week, the ther and I'm talking, my son was flying and a lot of kids don't do this in a week, but my son did and my mother had sat there and watched it. By the end of the week, the therapist said to my son, put, put the, a little 3D figure a Fisher Price um, from the Noah's Ark Fisher Price thing on the table and said, what is it? And my son was able to say, it's a bird. And a bird has wings and a bird has feet and a bird can fly. Woo! And, you know, my therapist uh, was like, yes, right? And they he was like throwing him in the air. And my mother stood up and went, oh my goodness! This is the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Somebody called the news. Why isn't this on the news every night of the week? That is, I never would have believed it. They went from here to here. Like who knew that's the way you teach that? Who knew? And just was so excited and, and was a convert evermore about the, the thing at the beginning of the week that she was like, oh, honey, what if they sold you this bill of goods? And she was like, this is amazing. Um, so. I just want you to know it's interverbals you're seeking and you can get there, but it takes a lot of hours. And by the way, you know, we had to go from bird to be, being able to talk about anything, but think about how much common knowledge you have to have to be able to have those conversations. Thank goodness that the, the leaf blower is back. That's all I can say. We soldier on. That's what we do in the autism community. All right, let's move on to our next thing, which is our question of the day. Uh, we love it when you guys write in the answer to the question, your answer to the question of the day on whatever medium you're watching us. What's the best thing you have done during social distancing? What's the very best thing that you've done? And you know what's amazing? I love it when we ask positive, assumptive questions because it's, it's assuming that you have done something that's great. Uh, so I love that. And I love that my gut reaction to that in the moment was like, oh man, there've been so many great things that we've done during social distancing. We've participated in a lot of different um, birthday parties with friends in the autism community and um, friends and family. And, um, but I gotta say, you know what I think is best? And it was the thing that was the hardest for me. Uh, my son and my husband wrote a little play together and that we have, there's a local theater group that does every other Sunday, they do, they call it Zoom plays and they do four plays. And my, they asked me to have, first they asked me if I'd have a little walk on role in this play. And then suddenly I was playing two characters and I was having to change clothes and run up and down stairs so that I could be on camera with one of them and run up and down stairs to be with the other one. Um, and I thought it was going to kill me and it was very stressful for me. And I complained about it a lot. It's the best thing we've done in this social distancing because we did it as a family and I was so proud of my husband and my kid. It was really quite fun. Uh, Parker says a few day trips, a trip to the ocean city, uh, a lot of things. I love that. I haven't protect, um, I haven't perfected the day trip thing. We get maybe 15 miles away from the house and I gotta be honest, I go, let's go home. Um, but I, so I haven't, we haven't been to the ocean. I don't know where to go to the ocean where there wouldn't be a lot of people. And if somebody who lives in Los Angeles can tell me where to go, where I hear a lot of people going, oh, we went to the beach and we were the only ones there. I keep thinking we're going to drive all the way to the beach and we will not be the only ones there. So let me know if you know where to go. Uh, love it. But I'm hoping that you've done something great during social distancing. Okay. So here's what we're doing. Malibu. Why is there going to be a lot of people there? That's what I'm afraid of. Uh, I will tell you the new thing that we're doing in our house. And, um, and this was sort of a hybrid that some, somebody was doing one thing and somebody was doing another thing and we decided to put them together. Um, we are every week picking uh, friends or family that we love that live close to us. And we take a bag, a nice bag, whether it's a nice shopping bag or, you know, a nice bag. I actually ordered some bags with, specific things on them for specific friends. And we're going around the house because we need to have a garage sale in the worst possible way. 
and we need to thin thin the stuff from our house, right? And we have a lot of cool stuff, which is stuff we don't use. So we are going around the house all week long, thinking of that person that we love or those persons that we love and having a garage sale in our house and deciding to re-gift things that we have in our house for those people with love. So, um, you know, sometimes like we have a bag right now, um, that uh, has a bunch of hot chocolate packets in it and a bunch of other things that, you know, that we're not using. But it's so fun because then we call the family and tell them, listen, we're going to drive drive by and drop something off at your house. And so we, we drop it and then we call them and say, because it's good stuff, you guys. Uh, and we say, you know, come to your door. We make sure that they're there. We drop it off. We say, come to your door. We wave at them so we get to see them for a second. And then we drive off. But it's so much fun in the days afterwards because they'll they'll write and call us and go, oh, my gosh, it was like Christmas. There were all these little things. And they were delighted with it. And And I'm getting rid of stuff in my house. So <laughs> it's cool because we get we have someplace to go. It's cool because we're gifting to other people and we're clearing clutter. I absolutely uh, love this. Okay, we have a question and I wanna get to that before we go any further. Question, uh, some communities are allowing trick or treat with restrictions. Some places like Beverly Hills are not allowing it. My county is fully allowing it. What is your advice to help the autism community with this? Okay, my community is not allowing it. It's completely outlawed where we are because the, the numbers are so high. But if you are allowing it um, in your community, I would, I would recommend a couple of different things. And it's so great because our topic today, uh, we're going to be talking about how to deal with fall in 2020. So I'm going to put a pin right there and we're going to come right back to that. Let me finish up. Uh, with what our topic this week is. And then we're going to come right back to the how to deal with Halloween for the autism community if it's being allowed. But we're also going to talk about when it's not being allowed, what we can do. So Traven, what is our topic for this week? Because I don't remember. That's terrible that I don't remember. Do we? <laughs> and he's probably already closed all that out. You know what? If you don't have it, Traven, don't worry about it. We're going to go on to, because I know that our whole thing today was that we were going to talk about the unique challenges of fall 2020 and how we're all getting through it. So let's start with, oh, managing stress. Well, that is a good topic, isn't it? I'm managing the stress of the leaf blower. Um, oh, there are words I want to have with this gentleman. Um, but okay, so Halloween. Um, if you, let's go from the perspective of if you're having trick-or-treaters come to your house. Uh, I really want to encourage people to um, have have some creative way of distancing. If you are going to be handing out candy yourself, make sure that you are gloved, masked, and a face shield. It's it's the safest way to be. Um, and I think you'll enjoy it more if you know that you're safe. Several people have come up with these really cool things. If you have time, because you've got a little over a week at this point, um, they've come up with this really clever thing where you get PVC pipe, just one PVC pipe, and you can decorate it however you want. And you put it on a slant so that kids come up to the pipe and you put the piece of candy and it comes down the pipe um, and can go into their bag, which I think is really clever. And I think the people who do that will be doing the coolest thing ever. I also want to say that I'm a big fan of the turquoise pumpkin. There's always a turquoise pumpkin movement at this time of year that if you put a turquoise pumpkin out on your step, it means that you are a home that offers treats that are not, that don't involve sugar. So we always have an array of pencils and, um, like little shaker things and little uh, little canisters of Halloween bubbles. And we have um, they like spider rings. And the thing that's the most popular, and they're fairly inexpensive if you get them uh, enough in advance, and I think maybe with a week you might be able to, is to get the glow sticks. So we get glow sticks and my husband and my son and I have so much fun because we snap them all. Uh, well, that's not true. We snap a large portion of them so they can get one that's not snapped if they prefer, but we'll snap a bunch of them and put them together in bracelets. And I've got a big, big bowl that's candy and I've got a big, big bowl that's all the treats. And I got to tell you, over 50% of the kids choose the non-candy treats, which makes me extra happy. And it's very interesting what they'll choose. A lot of them like the pencils. Sometimes we have erasers. We make sure that everything 
is big enough that it's it's a no choking hazard, right? Um, but overwhelmingly, hands down, the glow bracelets go first. They love it. And it helps, if you think about it, it helps with safety as the night gets darker. The kids put them on right with their costumes and it's super duper fun. So that's if you're having Halloween trick-or-treaters come to your house, okay? If you have kiddos and you're wondering whether to trick-or-treat, I will tell you um, there's a plus here, right? That a lot of people tell me about, oh, my kiddo won't wear a costume. My, um, my kiddo won't wear a mask, right? Um, so some places are allowing you to do drive-by trick-or-treating and then your child doesn't, you can put them in their pajamas, right? And stay in the car and people are putting treats in the trunk. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, uh, if your kiddo will wear a mask, it's a great way to reinforce the mask wearing, right? But for a lot of us, we don't get to trick-or-treat. And um, if you have a child on the spectrum and you have concerns about your health or their health, uh, I would encourage you to trick-or-treat at home. There's no reason why you can't do trick-or-treat at home. We used to rehearse trick-or-treat all the time at home. And what we would do is we would put even just one decoration on each door of the house. I mean, every bathroom door, every closet door, every door in or out. Um, we put some little decoration on it and we would, my husband and I, and sometimes I'd have a friend do it. We'd take turns and we would have the kiddos stand on the other side of the door, knock, we would open the door and, and they would say trick or treat and we would give them candy. And of course my, my husband, who's such a stitch, um, sometimes, you know, cause we have different costume pieces around the house for various and sundry events and previous Halloweens and stuff. So he would be like a different person at every door and have a different voice and, and whatever. And you know what? Um, it's okay to do, tr to do trick or treat that way. It's absolutely okay to do that. I know people that have created, they're so clever. They have little kids and they, from the beginning, they've created a pod. You could do it now. You have to find like-minded people who are distancing in the way that you're comfortable with, because, you know, you're, you have your limits, everybody's different, right? And that's okay. You have your limits and other people have their limits. You just have to make sure your limits match up because you're not only going to expose them to everybody you've seen, they're going to expose you to everybody they've seen. So you got to be comfortable with who is acceptable in that circle, but you create a pod and it's got to be people you trust. And hopefully they have kids that play well with your kids. And so they're doing Halloween parties. Um, like they're doing, a, uh, one friend is doing like an Easter egg hunt, but with Halloween candy. So they're putting Halloween candy in eggs and hiding it all over the place. And they have to go and find it. And they have all these games that they're playing. You know, um, I, I think some kids are old enough and aware enough that they know that they're missing something that they've typically done during Halloween. But if you think about it, the Halloween years, there's only a few years in the middle where kids get it and enjoy it, right? There's just a few years in there. And um, so a lot of kids aren't aware of what they're missing. It's more the adults. We know they're missing it. And we have to be open to looking at it in a different way. And one of those Halloweens that my son actually got it and understood that it was Halloween and what was expected of him and he wanted to participate in it. I think I shared this the other day. I couldn't find a pumpkin. There was a pumpkin shortage. There was like a pumpkin blight where we were. And the pumpkins that had been earlier in the month were really expensive. And pumpkins go bad fast in Southern California. They, You cut them and the next day they're moldy. It's just one of those things, right? I couldn't find a pumpkin, couldn't get a pumpkin. I was, and I was like, I'm a bad parent. I've blown Halloween because I can't get a pumpkin. And um, Jem was doing well enough that because of good ABA, he was like, well, do we have to have a pumpkin? Could we get a watermelon? And we were at Walmart and they had, there were no pumpkins, but there was a big thing of watermelon. He was like, why can't we cut a watermelon? And I was like, really, you'd be okay with that? Yeah. So we cut the watermelon and we cut a pumpkin jack-o'-lantern face in it, stuck a candle in it, ate watermelon all night and we're happy campers. And now the truth of the matter is, is all these years later, he always is like, why don't we do that every year? Why are we dealing with a pumpkin that gets moldy that we throw away the next day? Why aren't we just eating watermelon? It's just as much fun. It's easier to carve. Just saying. 
You know, sometimes doing it a different way isn't the end of the world. It's how we start new traditions. Uh, Amanda says, our autism group set up one for this Sunday and made a map of homes that are participating, all autism friendly. It's awesome, but we are going to pass this year and do Halloween at home. Yeah, I mean, there are some pretty remarkable things out there um, that, but it doesn't mean you have to do them. Do you know? I think I, I struggle with boundaries and being honest. I know this shocks you, but being honest with people. But I'll tell you the one thing that COVID has done is that it's forced me to be honest and say, I'm just not comfortable with that. And people are allowed to have their feelings about that, just like I'm allowed to have feelings about it, you know? And, you know, um, we're not, we're being very social distance. Um, and we're trying very hard to work on the ways that we are most at risk that are in our control and acknowledging the ones that are out of our control. You know, we're, we're eating better, exercising, but we're, you know, we still have autoimmune issues in my house and eating better is going to help that, but it's not going to make it go away. I uh, wonder if it's possible to have socially distanced events or Halloween meetups that autistic people can take part in. Well, it's funny. You should bring that up. I want to let you know that um, the Ed Asner Family Center is planning on doing an online Halloween party with costumes. And I think there's even contests with the costumes and people can go on. It's a Zoom meeting and, and everybody can see everybody and chat with everybody. We've done that for several other events. And it's funny because we, they were talking about doing a drive through uh, and having people set up with little dioramas. And, and the more we talked about it, the more I was like, oh, I don't know if I even want to participate in this. I said, you know, what if somebody gets sick? Like, it's no fun if somebody gets sick. And then um, we were on a different event, somebody else's birthday. And one of the young women um, from the group said, we were talking about it, saying to the group, you know, well, we're people, what would people like for Halloween? And one of the, she's like an 18 year old. She said, let's not do a drive-through. A drive-through will be over in two minutes. Um, can we be on Zoom? Then we can sit and see each other and look at each other's costumes and talk about it. That's what I want. And I thought, well, there it is. There it is. That's exactly what we should do. And it's not the same, but you know what? I find every time I do a Zoom event, I feel it's satisfying. It is. It makes me feel better when I do a Zoom event. So absolutely, the Ed Asner Family Center is doing that. You can go to their website and check out and see what they're doing. Um, and if you want to do one on your own, you absolutely can. It's a great, great idea. Um, okay. Uh, i got to look and see if we had other, other comments here. Uh, okay. So... Um, Let's talk a little bit more about, because we've got a lot of things coming up in Halloween, uh, in the fall here. And one of the things that I wanted to take just a minute and talk about is school. Because I know in fall of 2020, we are facing more challenges than ever with learning and with distance learning. And everybody's in a different boat, right? Some of you are still on full distance learning. Some of you are doing hybrid and some of you are back in school with masks on and some of you are back in school without masks on. And so it's a very, very, very mixed bag, but almost no one has a complete, what we would have called normal a year ago experience, right? Um, so you know, the first thing that I want to make sure that I say to everybody is we all have to cut ourselves a little bit of slack. I'm hearing from a lot of parents, and I know this is true for me as well, that if things aren't going well at school, we take it on as if it's that we have failed. And I also know this about the teachers too, that there's a lot of feeling of failure out there that teachers are feeling like they have failed also. And I would just like to wipe that word out. It's not about failure. It's about making do with what we have. It's about being creative, saying, okay, here, it's that thing in Apollo 13 where they say, okay, we, you have a bunch of round filters and we, we throw a bunch of ingredients on a table for a bunch of scientists and say, you've got three hours to come up with how do you use everything that you've got there to, to fit the filter that you don't have filters, you know, so how are you going to make it go together? It's a puzzle piece. You have to use what you have. 
And so the first thing to do is to um, take stock of what you have. What do you have at your disposal? And it, I think it starts with, um, you know, who is actually doing the teacher? I do want to uh, say, Daniel, we'll have to see if a similar events are being offered in Britain, perhaps in the form of Halloween theme party over Zoom. Yeah, I mean, take a look and see uh, what they have. But I also want to tell you that I don't think that the at Asner Center will boot you out for being from Britain. I, I, you know, I think it'll be a different time zone and that might be a difficulty, but um, I think they'd welcome you. I think they'd be like, that's fabulous. <laughs> you know? So, uh, but absolutely check out and see if you've got something going on over there. Um, but sometimes Sometimes something comes up and you have an idea for something and you look around and you go, nobody else is doing it. It's that thing you know, where you go, uh oh, nobody else is doing that. Does that mean I've been assigned to do it? And you might be the one. You might be the one that needs to do it. And you might be the person who changes the world by doing it. So I just want to warn you, that's a possibility. And if it is, let us know. We'll promote your event, right? Um, we'll, we'll be happy to let others know about that. Uh, okay. But going back to the distance learning, you got to take stock. What do you have in your plus column? What do you have working against you? And somebody was asking me the other day, you know, what will help our, our caregivers? And I said, you got to realize it's all different circumstances. You know, there's the one mom that's the single mom that she has to work, but she's working really weird hours. And, and she's the only one who the school is not paying for somebody to facilitate. Um, her kiddo cannot sit in front of the screen for very long. Somebody has to sit there with him and help to prompt him. You know, her circumstances are different. What, what's working in her column is, you know, that she's got a sister who works opposite hours than her so that they can trade nap times. Cause we got to find a time for that mom to nap, right? She can't work all night and then facilitate her kid all day. But she can tag team with her sister, catch sleep here, there, wherever, and use what she has, right? Then we have the other circumstance where there's the mom and the dad, and they have five kids, and the five kids are going to five different schools. And because they're only going hybrid, they're half day, and the, just the traffic pattern alone is what's sinking their battleship, right? Um, so... Um, you know, what, what do they have in their plus column? The fact that they can choose with some of the kids, whether they want to be hybrid full day and for some of the kids can be half day and that we can sit down and piece it together. So you've got to think, all right, what, what do I have in my plus column and what am I stuck with? But, but I have these things that will help me with it. And, you know, those are my challenges, right? If we're not realistic about it, then we can't even make a start. And then from there, you've got to ask for the school's help. You just have to. And, and I know it's hard because schools are overwhelmed. Schools are just taken on water. And I'm sorry to say that a lot of it is, is that they are not coming to the realization of this is what we're dealing with. They're trying so hard to get back to that normal. I don't even get me started. I, you know, I was a part of a conversation last night where they were saying, well, we were hoping here to go back to school in January, full on at school, not even hybrid, full on. And I said, I know that was everybody's hope. Um, but you do realize that's really not going to happen, right? <laughs> like, or, like, is there something in the news, something that the scientists have said, something that the politicians have said, something that the doctors have said, that the nurses have said? Is there something that you feel is that like, oh, it's significantly getting better. So probably even with the impending flu, it's going to be better in January. Like just point to one thing that shows that because I'm not seeing that. I, I think our time would be better spent to say, how are we making the most of what we have? Uh, okay. I love that you guys talk to each other and have um, different things to say. Tricking, trick or treating at home. Great idea. Yeah. It's super fun. Super duper fun. And by the way, you could even do it distance with some people. So you could take the iPad and stick it behind the door and have it be grandma. So they knock on the door and it's grandma and grandma says, you know, hello. And they say trick or treat, like you could absolutely do that or have one of their friends from across town. 
uh, do it with them where they carry the iPad around. I mean, like totally can do it. Uh, I love that somebody's telling Parker, uh, you're talking about the national, uh, it's a question you're uh, asking the National Autistic Society, which is UK, UK based one, have been with them. We'll see if they have anything going on. Yeah. Yeah. That is what they're talking about. Um, yeah. Maybe they're doing an event or maybe you can say to them, hey, we'd like to do a Zoom event. Um, and have people wear costumes and, and do that. Uh, okay, so asking the school for help. I keep bouncing back and forth. I hope you guys are with me. Um, one of the things that Bonnie Yates has suggested is that now we're enough into the semester, we've all given it a fair shot, a fair try. It's really important that if you haven't already, videotape what is not working. Show the fact that your the computer is there, the teacher is talking, and your child stands for five seconds and then goes someplace else. If you can get someone else to videotape that you have to go get the child and bring them back and bring them to the screen to show that it's, it's not possible without you motoring them back to the screen, right? And that even then, it's like two minutes and your child goes. Now, a, a lot of you are feeling like, well, that's it. That's, you know, game over. That's all there is. The, you know, there's nothing else in the, the bag of treats for you. And this is not true. So, but the first step at this point is that you videotape, you ask the school, we need another meeting because the distance learning plan isn't working. It's not effective. It's not appropriate. And you have to use those words and you have to show them proof, right? You can also show them examples of work. Um, if you have them to show that work is not complete, right? But you got to go in and say, it's not working. It, you know, you can think, well, what I'd like is this, right? It doesn't really work that way. It's not like a grocery store where you can order something up. It really is the responsibility of the school to come back and offer you something else. You will find though, however, it's good to have an idea of what you'd like, because sometimes the school will say, well, we don't have anything else. There's nothing that we could do. Do you have any ideas? And then, then you can say, you know, we're, for instance, what some people have said is we're getting really good ABA. Um, they are coming into the home or they're able to do telehealth with our child. We would like to utilize more ABA. Um, can you, um, if you will pay for the therapy during those hours, they'll work on the IEP goals and your ABA provider should be able to do that. I know I just blew some people's heads up. But that's the truth. If, if, if your ABA provider, if they have goals from the school with the IEP and the school is paying for the hours, they can work on educational things. A lot of times your ABA provider will tell you that they can't work on educational things. That's because your current funding source doesn't allow for it, not because they can't teach. Your current funding source says we're not working on anything educational. That's the school's responsibility. They have to pay for that. But if the school pays for it, they absolutely can work on educational things. Um, I got to go to the other to be able to see what you wrote. A lot of parents are on standby and not really speaking up to the school as to what their needs are or what issues they are having. I noticed that they're a lot more involved when you, when you communicate more with the school. Hard days, you log what happens and let the teachers know what's not working and what you want to change. It's true, um, but we don't have to, um, we don't have to just stand by, right? Um, I think that there have been some people, let's be realistic here, there have been some people who went back to their school district and the school district has been not helpful and said, that's all we can do. Okay, when you get to that point, you document it and you make the decision, are we going to continue on with this or are we going to give them notice that we're stopping? You have to give them 10 days notice if you're going to jump to anything else, 10 business days notice. Like if you're going to go do um, uh, a homeschooling program, you got to give them two, 10 business days that you're going to do that. And then you can do pretty much whatever you want. Um, if you decide to pay for a service, you have the the possibility of asking the school to pay for it later on, but you should never enter into that thinking, oh, I'm going to get this money back. You might, you should, but you may not. We don't know. Um, and no one would know, even in, even in non-COVID times, no one would know for sure. But you'll have the right to um, ask for it if you've given the 10 business days. I think sometimes when you give them the 10 business days and let them know that they're going to lose the income of, that they get for your child attending school, sometimes schools are much more amenable to trying something different with you. So uh, good morning, Christina. 
And, um, but it's really important that you speak up about it. Now, uh, we, we've got a few minutes here, so I want to talk about other things happening this fall because, you know, I know we're just a hop, skip and a jump away from Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and many other holidays, um, that, that folks celebrate. And, um, Somebody said, so that's what I did. I told them it wasn't working. And then I withdrew the kids two weeks later. I hope I did it right. Did you give them written notice that you were going to be removing them and it had in 10 days before and then remove them? Um, because if you did, then you absolutely did it right. 10 business days. That's what you, but it has to be in writing. I'm removing the kids. I'm giving you my 10 business days notice. And then you remove them. Um, so I think, you know, looks like you're probably okay. So let's talk a little bit about Thanksgiving, Christmas, Hanukkah, and and holidays coming up uh, because they're different. It's COVID. You're going to have to make decisions about how you want to social distance, if you want to social distance, if you want to be in a pod. If you're wanting to do a pod, I mean, what they're saying is that this is going to be many more months. And if you have the opportunity to do a pod with someone who has children that your child plays with and that you get along with, I'm encouraging you to reach out and find people you feel secure with to do a pod. Your child does need interaction. We don't want to go a whole year with your child not interacting, but you got to be as safe as you can possibly be. But pods with limits are working for families. I know someone who um, a group of moms got together and they said, we're going to do things this way. And they hired a teacher and they take turns every week. The They have a classroom. I think there's seven kids in the pod. The classroom is set up in so that they're at a different house all the different time. They're going to spend the holidays together. Um, and it's their, their little pod. And I, I think that that's a great solution. We don't all have that possibility. We just don't. That's not a possibility for everyone. And you're going to have to make determinations. I know Dr. Fauci had said this might be the Thanksgiving that you have your family on Zoom and have Thanksgiving dinner with family across the miles and don't travel and don't sit around. There's always that thing about, you know, the great feeling of putting your shoes under a table together with people you don't get to see all the time. But I have to say we've done zoom meals with people and it's quite enjoyable. You get to have the conversation and check in and everybody eats their food and it's kind of fun. It's exotic. It's weird. It's different. Um, It's something that you can do. I really want to encourage everybody that if you have um, special diets that you uh, are already starting to pre-order things that you will need because we are seeing that there are shortages for things that are specific dietary items that some weeks they're available and some weeks they're not. I'm not talking about hoarding um, at all. We don't, we, we don't want to see any hoarding, but making sure that you have the things that you need. Um, Amanda, it looks like you did it perfectly. So I don't think you need to worry. Uh, I, yes. And I know in the UK, the Thanksgiving thing is not a big thing, but it's a big thing here in the United States, but you guys have other holidays. Like I'm thinking about boxing day and things like that, that we don't have. I wish we did. Um, but there are holidays coming up and, um, there are holidays that are, uh, today, the subject we're talking about things that come up in fall of 2020 and how to cope with them. That's what we're talking about today and managing the stress of that. So you know, be thinking ahead, everything in COVID, you got to think just a little bit ahead and have your plan, um, implement your plan as best that you can. And like any holiday, you have to be willing to go with the flow a little bit, that things are not always going to work out the way that you want it. I know for my son's birthday, my son was turning 17 in June and I ordered his birthday presents a full month in advance. I was like, well, certainly they'll be here by then. But um, we were having riots on the week of his birthday. So the the gifts were coming. The gifts could not get to our house. And he didn't get, uh, he got his first birthday present. It ended up coming around 10 o'clock on the night of his birthday and everything else came like two days later. And you know what? It was what it was. Um, And we found other things to do. But But I know if you have a special gift that you want to get for somebody, think a little bit ahead. Um, order a little bit ahead because, you know, things get wonky, things get weird. So do, do what you, 
need to do. And then even if you plan ahead and you plot ahead and you order ahead, it may not work out the way that you had planned. Um, keep a sense of humor about it. Enjoy time together. We all need to get our grateful on and to remember that we, we're here. Um, I, I'm going to get emotional, but I'm thinking about one friend of the show who today is dealing with COVID and she's been keeping a daily diary and today's was so painful to read. And she's a wonderful autism mom, Liz uh, Becker. She, um, it does the blog and the books, the world according to Matt and she's struggling right now. She's struggling to be able to breathe and trying to decide when to go to the emergency room. Let's be grateful that we're not there. Let's all think good thoughts for the people who are there and let's do what we need to do to support them. And we're out of time. I want to tell you that tomorrow we're back here with Vince Redmond and Nancy Allspot Jackson, and we are going to be talking about managing stress. And if you guys have questions, Vince is a licensed marriage and family therapist about how to manage the stress. Please be with us. If there are specific things about this fall that are hard for you, write and let us know. And we can take those on as well tomorrow. We got some huge guests coming up for you in November. I cannot wait uh, to reveal to you guys some of the guests that we have coming up in November. I think it's going to be our biggest month ever. It's huge. Uh, so, th so thrilled to be here with you guys. Such a privilege always to be with you. And uh, I look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug for me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.